around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. As always, Terry and I are thrilled to be here to serve you and minister the Word of God to you. And uh, we've got some great things we feel like the Holy Spirit would like to share with you today. And uh, we're actually, darling, here in Houston. uh, Still. Still. (laughs) Waiting. Ongoing. Ongoing. Continuously. Racking up our hotel points, uh, trying to, uh, you know, get our baby girl here that is, um, my goodness gracious, this baby has taken forever Uh, to come. She's now a week overdue. And so um, while we are here just waiting. She's writing on the walls and gaining weight. (laughs) And saying, get that broccoli out of here. I know. She's, we've laughed about all the things that's going on. I mean, she's just, she's just not impressed with all of us sitting around here waiting on her to come. So um, we would uh, appreciate prayers today as they are going to take our daughter uh, Abigail in, and um, that she is going to be delivered today. It's going very slowly uh, so far, but anyway, we are excited uh, to know that we're going to have another number 16 grandchild, and um, we are just looking forward to meeting her. Terry has uh, eight grandchildren. I will now have eight grandchildren. Terry has five boys and three girls, and I have five girls and three boys. So between the two of us, we've got a uh, even, you know, eight and eight <laughs> of each. And so we are thrilled about this. And then we've got to head on to North Carolina to be with um, Pastors Jim and Joyce Jarman. And we are excited about that. I'll actually be doing a women's meeting on Saturday. And then Terry is uh, speaking on Sunday. And we're just thrilled to be there with them. We were there last year. I believe it was a great, great time. And then again this year, the same thing. And then on to South Carolina to minister. And so we are just thrilled with what Hey, in South Carolina, we're ministering for my little sister. For little and Debbie. And my brother-in-law. Yeah, for <laughs> little Debbie. Or yes. I've always called her Baby Girl. Baby Girl. And, uh, but Wyatt, Pastor Wyatt and Debbie Brown right. in Greenville, South Carolina at their great church called Grace. And uh, so we're going to be in North Carolina, then in South Carolina. My goodness. That's amazing. Well, we've we've spent, uh, you know, another month on the road. And uh, we are thrilled about doing what we can do for the kingdom of God. A lot of praying. A lot of uh, talking with pastors and ministers, a lot of ministry to people, and we're just thrilled about that. Good, good things. So, but we've got something today. Of course, next month we'll be in our beloved Mexico. Yes. Be ministering the Word of God in Mexico again, and then we'll go to Mexico City uh, and be with our dear, dear friend and mentor and father in the faith, father and mother in the faith, Wayne and Martha Myers, and we'll celebrate Brother Wayne's. 97th birthday. Wow. And Brother Wayne at 96 now and 97 next month is still ministering the gospel, still preaching, still running uh, the ministry and and shaking hell and 
uh, populating heaven and emptying hell and just, just doing the it's ministry. Amazing, and, and I've known him for 51 years. I know y'all hear me talk about him a lot, but he is, um, he's a, a big deal in my life. Spiritual fathers, I think, are a big deal. And I know I talked about this, or we talked about it several weeks ago on Father's Day, on the Father's Day podcast, but I just think spiritual fathers are a big deal. And I honor my spiritual fathers. Exactly. And Brother Wayne's one of the only ones I've got left. Well, you know, the other spiritual fathers that I've had have, have gone on to heaven. Uh, but, you know, I honor them. And, and uh, I, I, I would like to see the younger generation today uh, maintain what us older ministers have done because we've honored our fathers. Uh, and oh, and, and right. I mean seriously honored them. You know, not I mean give to them financially, but do but bless them plus uh, sit at their feet and listen to them. Well, you know, you no, know, you know, right. a couple, you know, here a few months ago, I was up in the state and a, and there was a young pastor there that, that since he was 13 years old, uh, he always said I was his father and, and I was his apostle. And then he became a pastor and said, I was the father to the church and apostle to the church. And, and also he said that, you know, Mark Barkley was a father to him and a, and a, and a prophet to the church. And, and uh, then another friend of ours in Texas, Michael Williams, uh, this young man said that Michael was a you know, father to him and a pastor to him. Uh, but, you know, he got mad at all three of us. Uh, and so uh, quit listening to us and, and, uh, and not doing right. And, uh, and so uh, when we were up there a few months ago, I said to him, I called him by name and said, you need to come see me. Uh, we were only about 20, 30 miles away from his town. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, you need to, you need to come see me. We need, to, we need to talk. And he said, oh, I can't. I'm busy. I, I got things to do and blah, 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 blah. And, and I said to you then, Renee, I, I said, you know, uh, he says I'm his father and that Mark's his father and that Michael's his father. And I said, you know, Mark and I and, and Michael all had John Osteen as a father. Right. I mean, we had other fathers in the faith as well, but we had one common goal in Brother Osteen. And when we preached for this young man I'm talking about, well, you know, we told him, we said, you know, we're your fathers. Brother Osteen was our father, so Brother Osteen's your grandfather. But uh, there's such a dishonor there. And, uh, and I said to you, I said, you know, had John Osteen said to me mm. or had said to Mark Barkley, you better come over and see me. It, it, I told you, I said, if we'd have had to crawl on our hands and knees on cut glass, right. we would have done it. If one of our fathers had said, you better come see me, you think we wouldn't? And this young man just said, yeah, I'm busy. I can't do it. And I just thought, you know, the, the disrespect and the dishonor of some of these younger ministers today who think they know it all and and they they really know nothing. It reminded me of, it actually it reminded me of King David in the Bible. David called his brother Absalom. King David said, Absalom, I need you to come see me. And Absalom was busy. And David said to him a second time, sent him a message, You you need to come see me. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't come. And the third time David said, Absalom, you need to come see me. And this is not only his brother, but his king. His son. I mean, I said his brother, his son, but his king, his father. Right. And uh, Absalom didn't come. And so David just sent people out there and burned his barley fields. <laughs> and Absalom came running up there and said, what'd you do? What'd you do? You burned my barley fields. And David said, look, I called you once. I called you twice. I called you three times and I burned your barley fields. And I thought, you know, this young man doesn't have a bright future if he doesn't watch out, and that breaks my heart. And, you know, two years ago we talked about this. We said, you know, in in not in, in 20, uh, what was it, 17, we had like seven 
that we saw seven young ministers, some women, some men, that just went off the deep end. I mean, they just went overboard. They just went nuts. It's like, what happened to these young ministers that used to be such great, godly people? And they just went nuts in their personal life or in their ministry life and just did crazy things. And all of them, uh, you know, uh, had been... Uh, my kids in the faith, or, or I think all but maybe one, but that I'd been, they'd been young lions and people that I'd spoken into their lives and you'd spoken into their lives. And, and I, I get concerned about this generation today that does not have the honor for their fathers and their fathers in the faith that, uh, you know, that we have, that we, we in, in, in right. my generation have such honor uh, for our fathers in the faith. And so anyway, we'll be going to Mexico City. And I wouldn't miss it for Brother Wayne's 97th birthday. And, and uh, you know, I've, been, I, I, I've even asked the Lord. I said, Lord, give us, give, us, give us kids in the faith that treat us and think about us like we treat Brother Wayne and Martha and think about them. Or like we look to Brother Osteen or look to Brother Hagen or look to Oral Roberts or Hill Osborne or some of these people that are fathers in our faith and how we treated them and uh, supported them and blessed them. And uh, I believe God's going to return that same seed and give us uh, young lions and kids and sons Absolutely. and daughters in the faith uh, that are going to be honorable and do and do what God wants them to do and uh, not get off out here in this rebellious nonsense. Well, that's exactly right, which brings us to uh, really the, the topic and title of what we'd like to share with you today. Because it's so extremely important in the body of Christ and it's all through the writings of the the uh, disciples and leaders of the New Testament in every book to give honor and value and respect to the people of God and honor defer one another yes. and in love honoring yes, yes, one another yes. you know and if we don't get that and you're not ever going to get that from the world right you're not going to get it anymore from the school no, the not only, anymore. They yeah. made it illegal and for the, the schools, and they're trying to make it illegal for the church to tell you the truth. I know. And the only place you're really going to get that kind of help and training, uh, Terry and I just see it rampant everywhere. There's just a, a lack of respect, a lack of value, and a lack of honor given to um, almost everything across the board. And so if we don't sound the alarm in the church, Terry and we don't sound the alarm to help parents, then we, we've got to be able to do that and, no, we have and to. give that. So that we wanted to talk to you today. You know, the Bible says if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, right. then the military doesn't know what to do. The soldiers right. out in the field they in battle, know. they're listening for that trumpet to tell them what to do, for that bugle to tell them what to do. Right. And, and, and the Apostle Paul said if that trumpet gives an uncertain sound, Right. Then, then it it brings confusion, and they don't know whether to attack or to, to retreat or to, to to gather up, or they don't know what to do because the sound is uncertain. And we we've got to be that clarion sound. We've That's got right. to have that certain sound, so that when we speak and declare the word of God, that people can understand it. That there's no, I tell you, we're living in a in a in a wishy washy. Uh, politically correct. Yeah, right, uh, right. Be sure you say the right thing and don't offend anybody. And, and be yeah. sure you don't give a real answer and you don't draw a hard line, uh, but you just kind of... Lest you, you offend just, you, someone. Yeah, lest you, you just, <laughs> let's just stay in a gray area all the time. No black, right. no white. Just right. Let's just live in the gray and, and tra-la-la-la-la and tiptoe through the tulips and 
uh, you know, and that's just not going to work. I mean, obviously, no. it's not working. Look right. at America. Look at the church. Well, and, and if we follow, I mean, that's exactly right because that is that's not the example Jesus gave. No, of course not. Jesus was uncompromising. Um, and when Jesus went in the temple that day and kicked the money changers' yeah, tables right. over and made a whip, made a whip. Jesus made a whip and started hitting people <laughs> with a whip and running them out of the church. Can yeah, you say yeah, lawsuit? Yeah. Uh, you know, can you say it politically not very correct? And I mean, he ran them out of the church, and he didn't have an uncertain sound. And he said, no. "Listen." My the word of God says it is written. My father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, and you've made it a den of thieves. Now get out of here! And I mean, he whipped them, hit them, kicked the tables over, and ran them out of the church. Well, and that's certainly a specific concept that has to be recaptured and uh, regained back by the church. Terry is oh, the is the authority and sounding the alarm, Absolutely. and this is the direction we're going to go. Brother Osteen always said to us over the years, I mean, several decades there, that if, if the, you know, even if the church goes left and God goes right, we're, right. Going, with we're God. going with God. If the world goes left right. and the church goes right, we're going to go with the church. That's There's right. always that defining um, question, that defining concept that that even got Gideon his three hundred. There was a there was a test. There was a, there was a requirement. There, the, you know, you know Brother Osteen there was a standard to, that had to be raised. Brother Osteen used to famously say, "You know, if you're rubbing the cat the wrong way, cat's fur the wrong way. <laughs> let the cat, cat turn, turn around. around. <laughs> I'm not going to quit rubbing. Uh, you know, let the cat turn around if she doesn't like it. That's right. Well, the 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 three thing. There are three things we want um, to share with you." today that I think will make it real simple to you. And if you're pastors or leadership in a local church, um, we want to share with you um, about this from the ministry of the Lord Jesus, because this is these are things he said about the church. And it's so critical right now at this time oh yeah absolutely that, that we recapture these things and that we rescue this thought um, these thoughts from the very mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ and it will only domino into our personal lives as blessing it'll domino into the effectiveness of preaching the gospel and it will domino into reaching the world around the world so you know um, we want to start with this first thing that Jesus said just as Terry was referring to is that um, Jesus said there in Matthew twenty-one thirteen, actually quoting an Old Testament scripture from Isaiah 56 7 where Jesus said my house yeah, shall yeah. be called a house of prayer for all for all nations. nations that's a mission scripture it is a mission scripture <laughs> absolutely you know the bible's a missions book and every scripture in it's a mission scripture that's right and the church has missed that so badly for so long uh but jesus in my house it is written in isaiah it is written the old testament jesus quoted out of the old testament is a house of prayer for all nations right and you've right. made it to den thieves well, and Jesus, you know, and his concept is, um, you know, once he drove them all out, then he be stood in there and began to teach. Yeah, then he straightened his collar, straightened his hair, and said, let's have church, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as pastors and leaders, I know when Dean and I were pastoring, and I, I would be leading the people in praise and worship, and there would need to be a, 
uh, you know, we'd, we'd have a time there at the end where we'd begin to worship the Lord and praise the Lord, or we'd begin to pray about something in particular there in that, in that transition from coming out of the music into, uh, you know, the, the next phase of the service. I uh, many times just have the people, let's now lift our hands and let's sure, pray for the United sure. States of oh, America. Yes. Let's pray. And then I'd say, um, you know, something like, let's pray another 30 seconds. Come on, y'all. Let's press in another 30 sure, seconds. Sure. Let's pray another minute. Now, and then I'd say, you know, now now we need to pray about this, that, and the other. So lift your hands and let's now begin to intercede. Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah, I'd say, yeah. and, and then I'd say now uh, to the people, I'd say, now pray, pray uh, Luke 6.38 or pray, you know, some verse of scripture that, that I would that I would focus on. Sure. I said, let's pray right now that scripture over those people, and we begin to pray the scripture. And then I'd say, now, now we're not going to accomplish everything we need to accomplish uh, just out of the soul realm. But I'd say, let's let's pray now in tongues for sixty seconds. Sure. And sure. I'd lead the people in prayer for sixty. Well, that's seconds. what a leader does is leads. And a that's leader what, leads. You and we don't see to... much leading today. <laughs> no, it's sad. And I think so many pe- pastors and leaders have been bullied for so long oh, yeah, and sure. fearful for so long. Sure. Uh, because if there's not enough people, then the bills don't get paid. And, and that's why we need to keep our overhead low, be wise in what we're doing, sure. grow by the Holy Ghost. Sure. Don't grow past your foundation that you've already laid. Let God begin to add to the house. In missions or evangelism or winning souls has got to be your purpose. Your purpose for everything. The reason for the church. So if pastors will begin to uh, cause your congregations to be more accustomed. There's a great scripture in Proverbs that says, if you'll begin to say these words, your mouth will become accustomed to saying them. And the more you get your congregations accustomed to corporate prayer, to gather in the church and they realize that it's not just you standing behind the pulpit praying or that you were spent all day in prayer preparing to come minister to them as a leader, but that you're going to expect them to pray with you over different issues and needs and commands that are in the Bible. Absolutely. So pastors and leaders, I want to encourage you to have not only prayer meetings where where you'll have maybe 10 or 15 people show up, but get the whole congregation involved. Get them to become more accustomed, their mind believing it, their mouth confessing it, both in English and in tongues, and get them involved praying so that even those that think they're not good prayers. Right, right. (laughs) Right, right. Or even those that are a little well, timid. Well, it trains them what know. to do. It trains them how to be good. It players. trains them, and if they People don't learn need it from leadership, you, and again, we just are lacking leadership in the church today. No, that's right. You know, somebody on on Fox News uh, three or four years ago made a statement. I just thought it was a, a, a outstanding and, and and astonishing. And you thought the same thing. It, it was right, I guess, before the last election, uh, and uh, something had happened in the country, and something was going on. And uh, this this uh, anchor on on Fox News said, uh, he said, you know, used to when these kind of things hit America and these kind of crises hit America, he said we had strong church leaders stand up, right, and and tell people what to do and and, and yes, make make that. known what what needs to be done, and there were there was leadership in the church that bled over into the into the world and the rest of the country. And he said, you know, today we have no strong church leadership. He said, yeah. I don't know of any right. any 
minister that really stands out and stands up to be leaders in the country, except maybe Franklin Graham is that's probably the probably the, the, the greatest the example. You know, and and I, we, you and I both thought that was just astonishing. And thought, you know, what a shame. Uh, you know, King George back in England, back during the whenever we won our independence from England and during the uh, uh, Revolutionary War. Um, um, King George made the statement. He said, I am more afraid of the black-robed regiment, meaning the preachers. He was scared of the preachers because preachers back in those days wore black robes. And he said, I am more afraid of the black-robed regiment than I am of of the continental uh, armies of America. And I just thought that was a powerful, eye-opening thing that King George in England realized that America's power and her ability to defeat us is coming from the church and the leaders in the church because those preachers uh, back in that day they would they would they were part of the continental army, army right. and they would wear their black robe and preach a sunday morning service to the crowd and then when the when the service was over he'd take his robe off and underneath his robe was his military uniform and his gun uh, and then he'd say, "Okay, man, I'm going to I'm going to fight. I'm going to join this battle. Who's with me?" And I mean, every man in the church would grab their gun and go with him. And there was that strong, you know, the church used to be Renee, uh, the central focal point of every town. It was where the political meetings were held. Right. You know, Lyndon Johnson came along and said, "No, no more, no more political stuff needs to come from the church. The church can't talk about politics." But Mr. Trump has changed that. Now the church can talk about politics again. But but throughout history, uh, the the politics came from the church. The the, the ministers were leaders, and they led the the people. And they led the people and said, here's what you need to vote for. Here's how you need to vote. Here's what the Bible says, and here's what this politician says. Here's what this politician says, and we need to vote the Bible. And and, and any kind of meeting in the town at all, any town hall meeting of any kind, was held in the church. The the church church was the focal point, and the ministers were leaders. Now, contrary to Hollywood, anytime Hollywood makes a movie about a a preacher in a town or a church in the town, they use some little, you know, weeny, skinny, dried-up, Wally Cox-looking guy. I don't even know who a contemporary guy to Wally Cox would be. My generation knows who Wally Cox is, but this generation, they don't even know who the little weeny, dried-up guy yeah, is so, but you know uh, they, they, very... they'd have a real mealy mushy mouth <laughs> uh, mousy scared yeah. timid guy can't can't ride a horse can't do anything uh, but that's not what the preachers were like that that's not no. what the church was about and hollywood has tried to damn the church been. and destroy the mm-hmm. church uh, every chance they get and still do every time you watch any kind of a movie they'll they'll be slandering and slamming uh, the church but uh, the church was always full of leaders. And we've got to get back today to where right. the church has leaders and where the leader stands up and leads. And, and we just don't see a, a lot of leaders leading, even in praise and worship. You and I are in churches every week. <laughs> and we see these praise and worship leaders that, that and, and you and I lean over to each other and say, they're not leading. They're not leading. They, they've got their eyes shut. They're, they're yeah. prancing around on the platform, doing their own thing. They've got their back to the congregation, right. uh, you know, just tripping out on maybe their worship in the Lord, but their job performance, yeah. you know, they got the lights down low and they got the spotlight on them <laughs> the and they think in. they're at a, you know, they think they're Elvis at a concert. Uh, but, but their job as a worship leader is to lead the That's people right. in worship. That's right. You can't lead the people in worship when you're doing all that peacock 
prancing around and, and eyes closed and, and uh, back to the audience. And I mean, it's just nuts. It's like, did somebody tell you that you're a worship leader and that leaders actually lead? Yeah, and many times it's it's just by the sheer volume of the group on the stage that when they boldly begin to sing and worship the Lord, the anointing comes. Sure. And it's just an amazing thing. And, and that, that Leadership time of worship. has got, become so perverted and so diluted that that we're not using the great people God has sent no, that's us right. that's to exactly help us, right. to, to lift us up. And there's always somebody that wants that, that grandstand moment both in, uh, and you know, when you were talking about leaders of the past and stuff, it's amazing to me, Terry, how people uh, still, uh, their flesh will somehow find a way to pervert leadership. And Terry and I are not endorsing uh, a perverted uh, limelight concept of, of either uh, lack of leadership or overbearing domination. These are the things that we have to, I think that is what, if you're going to do it right, you're going to have to hold Jesus' hand tight every day. Oh, absolutely. And you're going to have to stay in the Word. And so that first that first thing here we're talking about today here, and where Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, is that there has to be an atmosphere in the whole church of prayer, worship, praise, declaration, anointing, commanding, rebuking. Uh, you know, we, you were, you referred to the song the other night in the, or the other day in the service, I went to the enemy's camp. Yeah. And I took back. I took it back violently. Violently. With force. <laughs> with force. With I blood took involved. Back. <laughs> I took back what the enemy stole. Yeah, he came over to my house and stole from me, and I tell you, I got my stuff and went after him and took it back no and that's and cut his head off <laughs> see that people that learn how to in his eye and, and you and i've said this before that the only person that ever got kicked out of heaven was the praise and was the worship leader yeah yeah <laughs> and then you have to keep now in we're mind, four worship leaders right you, no. you are one you were one for decades and decades well and the the thing is we is love that, worship leaders but they've got to lead that's not that 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 time of music and praise and worship is not the time for the worship leader to trip out and have their own little praise session where it's just them and Jesus. They right. need to do that before they get to church no, or after they leave church. Right. But when they're there, their job is to engage that congregation, look them in the eye, and lead them into worship. And what if when I got in the pulpit, instead of me preaching to the people to help them, what if I just started praising the Lord and, oh, Lord, I just love you. Oh, thank you. And it just became about me, 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 me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Me. And the whole congregation just sitting there saying, uh, we're, we're here too. Right. Hello, we're here. We came to get fed, but they're not getting fed because I'm not leading them into the Word of God, into cool, exactly. leading the sheep into cool water and green grass and feeding them and blessing them. Uh, that's the job of a leader. Well, and the whole concept of sending out Judah first was that by the sheer noise and volume sure. of Judah going out there first, sure. the praisers, the worshipers, the tambourines, the horns, the drums, yeah. making that volume of sound sure. would intimidate the enemy. No, that's right. <laughs> and that's why I say, use your people that God has sent you and, and let there be an atmosphere of worship, praise, but most of all, my house shall be called yes, a house of yes, prayer. Yes, then yes. the second thing we want to get to real quickly today here is where Jesus asked this great question in the Bible, and it is, when I return back to the earth, Luke 18, 
will I find faith on and the earth. On the earth. He was concerned about that, Renee. Yeah, Luke 18. Jesus eight. was really concerned, and he said, you know what? When I, when, when I come back, how many, how many believe he's coming back? I mean, I believe he's coming back. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? I mean, I used to read that, you know, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s when the church was getting strong and getting in a word of faith. I used to think, well, Jesus, well, sure, look, just anywhere. I mean, you can just just throw a coin somewhere and it's going to land on faith. I mean, there's faith everywhere. Uh, are you sure you know what you're talking <laughs> about? Right. But, That's man, right. I, today I say, oh, Jesus, I know exactly what you're right, talking about. Right. And isn't it interesting, Renee, that he didn't say Will I find love on the earth? No, that's right. Or will I find grace on the earth? That's right. Or will I find peace on the earth? Or my, will I find my. mercy on the earth? He was not concerned my, about my, whether my. he'd find grace or not, but he was extremely concerned about whether he'd find faith or not. Because Hebrews tells us it's Isn't impossible to please God without, without faith. faith. And, you he's know, looking for faith. He's looking for and faith. And I've always said to him, yes, sir, you'll find faith if you find me. You'll find faith. Yes, sir, when you get back, I don't know what day you're coming, but when you come, you just look for me. I may be in India. I may be in Africa. I may be in, in Asia. I may be around the world preaching somewhere. But if you'll look me up, you'll find faith. Well, and if if you trace that back, Terry, to how we can help in the church, is that if Romans 10, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then it means pastors and leaders have to preach faith. We're going to well, have that's to. That's an interesting pre- concept, isn't it? Though, that instead of having a soulish church where everything is done to please the people, to please the people, to get to where they'll all come back again. But I believe if pastors and leaders will stand up and start preaching faith again, yes. and preaching it from a standpoint of expectation, hope, and confidence, then the people will begin to grow in faith. And their prayers, they'll have more of an expectation when they pray. Absolutely. They'll have more of an expectation when they well, it worship. It gives them a base for expectation. It's everything. So, so that we look at, if my house is going to be a house of prayer, then we're going to have to teach the people faith right out of the Bible so that they'll know what to pray. They'll know what to you say. It's come to that. We're going to have it's to preach out of the Bible. <laughs> and I'm finding so many people are using their pulpits for therapy sessions. We're trying to make people feel good again mm. about they've lost such self. You know, when you don't know Jesus, you don't know who you are. So we're trying to come in the back door and give people a feel good message so they'll all be comforted emotionally and go out. And all it does is addict them to their emotions more and more and more. So we've got to teach the blatant, outright, unadulterated, absolutely genuine word of God by faith so that people will know what to say, know what to pray, know how to praise, know how to declare, know how to command, know how to rebuke, know what to believe for your own life, that God wants your body healthy, finances in in your bank account, Everything in your life be like Jeremiah thirty one like says. Be Christians. <laughs> my life, it says, it says your life will be like a watered garden, yes. and my people shall be, satisfied, people shall be satisfied with my goodness. So, and then the third thing, you know, is what you've done for fifty one years. The number three, number one, most well, it's the third thing on our list, but it's the it's the crescendo of everything that the church. It's number one on God's list that the church is doing, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel five times. Five times Jesus gave us the great commission. 
the end of Matthew, the end of Mark, the end of Luke, the end of John, and the first of Acts. Five times. Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection. When he came out of the grave, he spent 40 days with the disciples before he went to heaven uh, and wouldn't see them anymore. And he gave them one commandment and one commandment alone, and that was get the gospel to the world. That's exactly right. That's so simple. I mean, if, so you, if I gave you a homework assignment today and said, get you a pencil and paper and go to the book of Matthew and start with the crucifixion and go to the end of the book and, and write down what all Jesus told the disciples in that, fi- in that time, in that 40 days, you'd find one thing, get the gospel of the world. Get the gospel of the world. If you went to world. Mark, started the crucifixion, went all the way to the end of the book, That's you'd right. find one thing that Jesus said, and that was go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believes and baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. And then he listed the signs, the order, simplicity, the easiest thing first, you cast out devils, speak with new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover, take, take up serpents, uh, drink any dead thing, it won't hurt you. That's right. You know, it, it, one thing. And it was the same one thing that was in Matthew. So Isn't if you go to so Luke cool? and do the same thing, I mean, from the crucifixion on, you find one thing. Now, Dr. Luke wasn't there in the beginning. He, he didn't hear Jesus talk, right. but he interviewed all the other disciples and wrote the book of Luke because of it. And and he said in, in Luke 24, uh, 24, 47, that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name in all nations beginning at Jerusalem. One thing. One, one thing. thing in Luke, one thing in, in, in uh, Mark, one thing in Matthew. Then you go to John, one thing in John, start at the crucifixion, go all the way to the end, you find one thing, and that's in chapter 20, verse 21 and 23. Jesus said, as my Father sent me, even so, so send, send I you. you. And whoever right. sins you remit, they'll be remitted. And whoever sins you retain, they'll be retained. And then you go to the book of Acts, the fifth place. And Jesus said, when you get the Holy Ghost, (laughs) you're going to be witnesses for me, me. both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of there. In other words, the Jewish world and the Gentile world, the whole world, you're going to go to the whole world and preach the gospel, both Jew and Gentile. Five times, Renee, Jesus gave us the Great Commission. One thing in Mark, one thing in Matthew, one thing in Luke, one thing in John, one thing in Acts, get the gospel to the world, our missions. And that's still the number one commission. And the church does 150 other things (laughs) except that. We get busy doing so many other things, and our our mindset begins to be diluted. And that's really the problem. Uh, My first husband, Pastor Dean Garner, uh, is in heaven today, but he always said, uh, when we first moved down to Corpus Christi, he said, You know, the real enemy of the church most of the time is not the devil. (laughs) It's the mindset of the community. And when we get so tilted and so polluted in our thinking of our purpose, what our purpose is, then it's easy for the enemy to get us sidetracked, well, distracted, course. and then to lull us into Again, a sleepiness. Again, it's an uncertain sound it's coming from the It's an uncertain sound. Exactly, exactly. Well, we've got to go for today, but we did want to remind you of all the wonderful... Let's go have a grandbaby. I know. We still don't have a grandbaby as of the last... 15 minutes so (laughs) but we just want to remind you that these three main teaching areas of focus that every uh, church leadership needs to have and that is number one that my house shall be called a house of prayer teach your people to pray and then number two teach your people faith from the word of god Faith pleases God. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so, pastors and leaders, you've got to teach the Word of God. And then number three, remember what it's all about. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Win souls 
trained soul winners give into missions and missionaries that are going into the uttermost parts of the world, yes. the darkest places yes, of the it's world. It's not just teaching the talk. No. It's reaching the reaching lost. Reaching the lost, Terry. That's so you right. Know, a lot of churches today, they relegate missions down to sending their youth group uh, to somewhere right here in the United States and painting some houses or right. mowing some grass. That's great and outreach. Them. And that's tremendous outreach, and every right. church should have outreach. But they... they they wrongly label it missions, right. which deceives those little kids, those teenagers. It deceives them into thinking, oh, this is me. No, that's outreach, and it's every an church outreach. should have outreach. But we need to go win noble. the loss. Yeah. I mean, Jesus it died your flag for sinners. There. Jesus died for sinners, and Jesus gave us the great commission to go win the loss. Go win the lost, and that's really everything. Humanitarian that we're aid's doing. wonderful. We yes. do humanitarian aid and take care of orphans right. and widows. That's right. Uh, outreach is great. Where you're going and, and doing things in the community and, and those helping are people. Those wonderful are wonderful things, things every church right, right, should right. have, and I, I applaud them for it. I don't applaud them for calling it missions. No, that's right. And we've got we've got to get things back setting on the right bottom <laughs> and get things turned back around and make Jesus the head of the church. The word of God is our mantra and what we pray, what we believe, what we say, and then that we continue to go into all the world 24-7. Well, our time is gone for today. Pray for us yes, and my so. daughter Abigail that this little baby girl will get born here today. And in Jesus' name, Terry and I will get on the road and we can go to North Carolina and preach this weekend. Happy grandparents. <laughs> hey, we got six continents we got to get we to got, this and year. And Terry's just got another message this morning. Uh, we don't have time to even talk about that right now. But, people but begging us to come. People are, you know, we just need money. <laughs> the time. Place on the calendar. And place on the calendar money. to get it all Partners. done. And partners that will help us, that will pray this thing through to get the gospel and break through into the enemy's territory around the world. Well, God bless you. We love you all dearly. And just always remember that you are more More than than conquerors. conquerors. God bless you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.